Welcome to this week's message on Brit David Podcast. Today, Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke chapter 6, verses 1 and 11, the Lord of the Sabbath. Pastor Tim asks, why do Christians worship on Sunday rather than maintaining worship on the Sabbath? Saturday is the Sabbath day. Sunday is the Lord's day. The Sabbath commemorates creation and rest. The Lord's day celebrates the crucifixion and resurrection. Listen to this timely message on Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Here's Pastor Tim. So if you have your Bible, I hope that you do, you go ahead and turn with me there, Luke chapter number 6. Whenever we uh, talk about things about, uh, about the Sabbath, typically the questions arise about why do we worship on Sunday rather than on Sabbath day? Now, I know there's some folks that say, well, I thought Sunday was a Sabbath day. Well, it's not. Sabbath technically is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. So we would think more in terms of Saturday being Sabbath rather than, uh, rather than Sunday. And it's really because of the word itself. The word Sabbat means rest, and it calls our attention back to the fact that God rested on the seventh day of creation after six full days of creation. And so we see our weeks even being involved uh, that way. But you know, technically, until uh, Moses came along with the law, they really didn't use Sabbath day as a worship day. It strictly was a day of rest. So, So why then do we have our worship day on Sunday rather than on the Sabbath day? Well, for a number of reasons, and one is is that Sabbath uh, commemorates creation, which is wonderful, and we need to remember that. But it's the Lord's Day, Sunday, that really celebrates Calvary. You know, the, the Sabbath day is a day that is given to rest. Uh, the, the, the Lord's Day is a day that's given to the resurrection. It's given towards our redemption. Every Lord's Day for us is Easter Sunday all over again. And so we gather together with God's people to worship in, in, on that particular day. And folks will say, well, well who, who changed that? Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and say the, the early church changed that. Those early disciples changed that. Because once you get into the Gospel of, or the Gospel of Acts, <laughs> the book of Acts, and you continue on throughout the, the rest of the New Testament, you don't see the disciples worshiping ever on the Sabbath. Instead, they referred to Sunday as the Lord's Day, and they gave Sunday. In fact, Sunday was the day of the resurrection. Sunday was the day that the disciples were commissioned. Sunday was the day that the church was born. Sunday was the day that John received the revelation. Sunday was the day that the disciples met together, and they brought their offerings, and they worshiped, and we continue that pattern now on throughout. So, so the, the Lord's Day, this day, is one of those very special days where we're able to gather together with our church family to gather around the, we would say, with the Word of God, gather around the Word of God with the people of God inside the house of God and to worship that one true living God. And so that's exactly what we want us to do today. Now, our passage today does deal with the Sabbath in that uh, there are a couple of events that occur on, on the Sabbath. And so really what we have in chapter number 6 is the fact about who Jesus is. 
that he is the Lord of the Sabbath, that he has authority over those things. And we see that established in, I say, events. There are two, really two different case studies, we might say, that, uh, that, that show us Jesus' authority and really who he is. So I kind of want to divide it up today in those two different case studies. The first one begins here in chapter number one. And if I can, if I can kind of do your outline as, uh, as for, this, for this first case study, it's like one long sentence. Let me give you half now. I'll give you half in just a minute. All right? So let's start the sentence this way. What you find is the Pharisees suggested an allegation against the disciples. That's where we are. That's where we are in chapter number 6 and verse number 1. The Pharisees suggested an allegation against the disciples, and it starts this way. Look, if you will, in verse number 1. Now, it happened on the second Sabbath after the first which is always a good time for the second Sabbath to come, <laughs> is always after the first. So after the first one, here comes the second one. It says that Jesus went through the grain fields. Let's stop there for just a moment. Get this picture now. What you're going to find are the Pharisees are, are coming to point their finger. You know, I mean, the Pharisees are constantly in uh, PI mode, you know, they're the Pharisee investigators. They are, they are looking for a problem somewhere, somebody that they can point their finger at. And what I want you to notice from this passage is, as it opens up, Pharisees aren't regulating themselves just to the synagogue. It's not just they're, they're just, you know, at church, so to speak, and they're here to make sure that you know, little boys don't wear their baseball caps inside or, or people don't run up and down the halls or, or you know, or, or those kinds of things. They're not just in the synagogue. They are everywhere. I mean, everywhere they go, they're looking for somebody to mess up, somebody that they can point their, their finger. Isn't that a terrible way to live? To be so critical of everything that you're always looking for something that's wrong. That's who the Pharisees were. And that's where they are here. They're out in the grain fields as Jesus and his disciples come walking through. Let's look at this allegation. Let's talk about the allegation just for just a moment. Look at the end of verse number one. His disciples, Jesus' disciples, plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. That's going to give the Pharisees all the, all the ammo that they need to be able to point their finger. And that's what you see in the very next verse. It says, some of the Pharisees said to them. So they're talking to the disciples, right? They're not talking to Jesus at this point. They're talking to them. And it says, he said to them, why are you doing what is not lawful? Let me stop there for just a moment. Why are you doing what's not lawful? See, first of all, the allegation, what I want you to see is the allegation really didn't concern what they did. You know, I mean, they start this question off, why do you do those things that are unlawful? But the reality is, is that it was lawful for them to walk through a neighbor's grain field. The law uh, made, made that possible. It's even okay for them to pluck grain from somebody else's field. In, in fact, the law had, had made it such so that, so that the farmer, the owner of that particular land, that particular field... Could, could thresh and could harvest all of that grain kind of on the inside, but they had to leave the outsides uncultivated. 
The reason is, is because there were those who were poor. There were those who didn't have enough. There were those who were hungry. And it provided a way for them to have sustenance and food. And so it was okay for the disciples to walk through the field. It was okay for the disciples to, uh, to pluck the heads of grain. And, and, uh, and it, was even, it was even okay for them to rub it in their hands. What they're doing and rubbing it in their hands, when the Bible says that there in verse number one, is they're, they're dividing that good part, that edible part of the grain from the chaff. And so as they thresh that, so to speak, you know, they're able to drop that in and they pop that thing in their mouth. It's all, it's, it's all okay up to this point. The question really is not ended at why do you do those things that are not lawful? They're asking the question, why do you do those things that are not lawful on the Sabbath? You see, the allegation didn't really concern what they did. The allegation concerned when they did it. The issue was that the fact that they had done this walking through the grain field, plucking the heads of grain, rubbing them between their hands and popping them in their mouth. The, the problem is, is that they did those things on the Sabbath day. See, the Pharisees were so committed to the very letter of the law that when they look at that sixth commandment and say, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy that they are going way beyond anything, sometimes anything reasonable to make sure that they don't mess that up. Now, let me give a few of these Pharisees, at least the first Pharisees, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe they just wanted to make sure that they were worshiping the Lord, that they were doing things right, that they didn't, that they didn't violate any of His commandments so that they, you know, so that they were able to stop short. Well, the problem is, is that the Pharisees took God's Ten Commandments, which were enough, you know, not enough to give you eternal life, but it's enough to draw you to Christ, right? That's the point of the law. So he gives them Ten Commandments, and they say, well, that's not enough. And so they took those Ten Commandments, turned them into 613 separate laws. Out of those 613 separate laws, 39 of them dealt specifically with the Sabbath. And sometimes it was about what you could do and what you couldn't do. Mostly what you couldn't do. You know, for example, one of them was, this is ridiculous, a little bit crude. I kind of almost hate to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <clears throat> it, was, it was okay if you spit on a rock. I don't know why you want to spit on a rock, but if you want to spit on a rock, then it's okay on the Sabbath you can spit on a rock. But you can't spit on the ground. You can't spit on the dirt. Because if you spit on the dirt, you're watering the dirt. If you're watering the dirt, you're cultivating the ground. If you're cultivating the ground, then basically you're helping to grow crops. I don't want to eat any of your crops. <laughs> I don't want to eat any of your crops, right? But that's the way they looked at it. If you spit on the ground, it's a violation of Sabbath law. This is one I've used with you before. Uh, what they could carry was determined in the law. They could not carry anything heavier than a fig. Big fig, little fig, average fig, I don't know, a fig, all right? Anything other than that was carrying a burden. So you weren't allowed to do that, right? So if you wanted to, on the Sabbath, to go to your neighbor's house, you could go to your neighbor's house. 
You kind of had to follow this little rope thing to get there, but you could go to your neighbor's house. And if you really wanted to take them a gift, <laughs> you could take them a half of a fig. All right? That's going to be some kind of Sabbath lunch, isn't it? We're going to have a half a fig. All right, so you can carry half a fig, but you have to be careful because if on your way to your neighbor's house, if you set the fig down and then you reach back over and you pick it back up again, I mean, a half a fig and a half a fig is a whole fig, right? Now you're bearing a burden and now it's not permissible according to the Sabbath laws. They were so concerned about the minutia of the details that they missed the Lord. Careful, Baptist. We can do that too. We can get so caught up in all of the details of all of the stuff that we do that we completely miss the Lord. And the Pharisees had missed Him, incredibly missed Him. And so, so instead, they just go to pointing fingers. And we see this allegation that's come. All right, let me finish this sentence for you. If the, if the sentence began with, the Pharisees suggested an allegation against the disciples. The sentence finishes this way. But Jesus provided an answer to the Pharisees. All right? Now, they weren't talking to Jesus Remember, the Bible says that they said to them, they were talking to the disciples, why are you doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus is the teacher, and it's right for him then to step up and to speak on behalf of those disciples and to speak on behalf of what he's teaching them. And so that's what you see in verse number 3. But Jesus answering them, and he's going to answer them and provide the right kind of answer for them in two different ways. First of all, he's going to answer them based on their own narratives, on their own stories. Look at what I mean. In verse number 3, Jesus answered them and said, Have you not even read this? You know, what a, what a sharp, pointed statement right here at the very beginning. You know, to tell those Pharisees, have you not even read this part of the Bible? You know, 1 Samuel chapter 21, have you not even read that? It reminds me of Jesus talking to Nicodemus and saying, are you the teacher of Israel and you don't even know these things? He's saying, have you not even read this? Why, why, would, you, why would you point this out to my disciples? Here's the biblical narrative. Here's the biblical story. Look at what he says. What, Jesus what, Jesus, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him. How he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those who were with him, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. So you know inside the temple there is the, the table of showbread. And the showbread was there. It was fresh every day. It was given there as an offering to the Lord. It was there for the priest uh, to be able to, to have that to eat for themselves when the day came to an end. It was not right for anybody else to be able to do that. But if in that story, you go back into 1 Samuel chapter 21, you do see King David coming in. He's coming in with his soldiers, with his mighty men, and they are hungry. And it's the priests. It's not simply David who goes and takes the showbread, who says, I'm the king, I can do whatever I want. I mean, Saul got in trouble for that one, didn't he? He didn't just do that. It's the priest 
who came to David, knowing that he is the picture of the coming Christ who's going to be prophet and priest and king, and gives him and gives his followers that showbread to eat. So Jesus simply goes back in the Old Testament and says, listen, here's the narrative. Here's the story. Here's what the Bible says. And now he applies that to this particular situation. I mean, in all fairness, the Pharisees could have said, but you're no King David. <laughs> you know? I mean, David's the king, right? I mean, you're, a, you're an out-of-work carpenter leading a traveling circus with you. We hear about these tricks and we hear about these stories and preaching, but, but who are you compared to King David? That's where he goes secondly. So, so first, he answers them based on their own narratives. But secondly, he answers them based on his own nature, who he is. Look, if you will, there in verse number 5. And he said to them, the Son of Man. That's a messianic title, isn't it? The, the, the Pharisees would not have missed that. Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah. He's claiming to be the anointed one from God. Nobody like him. He's not talking about somebody ordinary. He is talking about the Messiah, the Son of Man. The Son of Man also is Lord of the Sabbath. They can't hold the Sabbath over him. This, um, this argument, many of you know uh, uh, David and Linda Williams and their daughter uh, Kelly. Kelly was on debate team in, in high school and in college. And I remember one time her telling me that this kind of argument or this kind of statement is sort of a prima facie. This means on the face. I told her it means in your face. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a way for him to, to answer and to fully answer and for the argument to be over. That's what he's doing here. I am the son of man. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath does not have authority over me. I have authority over the Sabbath. And he's the one who can make it for what it is. You know, sometimes we, we put far more into a day, don't we? We try to force people into, uh, into a regimen that's, that's not theirs. You know, e even, even in our own country. Some of you remember that you lived through the blue laws. Try finding a restaurant to go to eat on Sunday back then, right? That's not so today. We had those blue laws because we were trying to make Sunday, trying to make the Lord's Day a Sabbath day. Listen, whether it's a Sabbath day or a Sunday or an any day, He's still the Lord of the day, no matter what. And He's got something for you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because it's His. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim shares the conclusion to the message from Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, the Lord of the Sabbath. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.